Welcome to Disc Integration. This is your host, Tim. This is Matt. And we're back for another exciting adventure in the world of the cure. This week we've got the head on the door. Before we get to that, <coughs> we have another match play. Match play! Kelly from Frisky Disc chose this one for us. It's Hold On from Good Charlotte, Limp Biscuit, Corn, and then I called an audible and threw in a fourth band, Pearl Jam. Why did Kelly pick this? I think she uh, hates us. It seems like it. In fact, I think we had previously talked about we would never do this one. Yeah. But then we made the mistake of letting her choose. But she did talk about last episode that she was a fan of Good Charlotte growing up. But I honestly have no history with any of these three bands. Like, they all came up around the time that I had completely shut down on radio. I think it was also around the time that MP3 CD players had been invented. and were, Well, they maybe not invented, but were mass market and cheap. Yep. So I never didn't have to rely on radio as much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think corn really came up in my like history until recently. And it's just because it sounded similar and YouTube decided that I might like I might some like of their listening to it, right? The reason Pearl Jam got it in because Hold On is such a generic title that I knew somewhere in my music collection there was a band that had the same title. And I just refused to only have these three bands in there. Yep. So Matt, you want to take it away? Not really. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's start with Limp Biscuits. Oh, I should also do this disclaimer. All of my notes today were written when I was extremely drunk. (laughs) That includes listening to the Cure album. I had been on an extended gaming session with uh, Void Bastards, which I would recommend if you enjoy first-person shooters and roguelites. Though, if you don't enjoy roguelites, I understand there's too damn many of them these days. But then I finally put the controller down, and I got to this. (laughs) So first up, I had... This isn't the order that I've chosen them as winner, as you all know that have listened. First one was Limp Biscuit's version of Hold On. Hey, Scott Grunge Coat Tail Riding Dead Junkie Wildin' made an appearance on this song. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that stood out to me, the drumming is actually really good. <laughs> it feels constrained the whole time in the song though. Like I kept expecting it to kick in at some point. Like it was a like the longest like build up drum intro ever written. So I specifically for for the Limp Biscuit one, because you said Scott Weiland was in it. I went, because there were a couple on YouTube that didn't have him included as the featuring. So I was like, all right, well, maybe this one does. They all, they all do. I should have listened to all of them, because honestly, I didn't see where Scott Weiland was in there at all. No, I don't have a clue. I have no clue what he contributed to this song one bit. But there was no difference. I should say there was no difference between any of the... I think I listened to three different versions of the Limp Biscuit one. I mean, maybe he sang something on there. I don't know what the corn or Limp Biscuit. Well, I know what the Limp Biscuit sounds like. I didn't say it's I like know what Fred Durst, right? Yeah. Okay, so I know what that guy sounds like. Maybe he sang three song, three lines just so he could make a little money for some smack. Maybe. And they could throw him on there as featured guests. Who the fuck knows? But it was short, and kudos to the drummer. Excellent yeah. drumming. No, I will yeah. give it that much. After that, I had corn. First thoughts? Hey, we're manly. Talking balls. Yeah, no. I, I could have done without the, <laughs> the intro the, that, bit that about whole thing. Just bull God. riding and balls damn. and Ballsville. It was, yes, Like, it God was. damn. Dude, you don't need a story to every song. Uh, but it was funny. I, I mean, it was kind of funny. But it was like, Jesus, fuck. This is the over the top. Yeah. Again, not real familiar with Corn. The most well-known thing that I have about them is they were on an episode of South Park. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was that is what I know about Corn. 
I do know some about their music, uh, and this seemed like even a boring song for Corn. Yeah, no, it was. It seems like something that they kind of did. Beca- it, it almost felt like a we did it because we had to. Plus, maybe, yeah. yeah. It just it seemed half-assed, and yeah. I sat there the whole time going, I can't believe this song got a music video. Like, why? Why does and, this? And involved extras. Like, I could see a music video of just like, hey, we recorded a session music video but this one has extras and involves like an intro story and i don't know yeah and ended with more balls more balls pretty sure there was a scene in the music video of a dude polishing metal balls hanging from another dude's waist <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. then third i listened to good charlotte all right kelly you picked this shit show so this better be good god damn it and it starts with suicide statistics yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just fucking goddamn travesty. Almost killed my buzz listening to these three songs in a row. But this one did. I had a nice little pop-punk bass line at the beginning. I mean, it it, it sounds like Good Charlotte. Like, Does it? Is it generally yeah. what Good Charlotte sounds like? I I've mean, heard a few of their songs show up on like my satellite radio when I'm listening. I've had a couple of things show up. Never this song, but right. probably because it starts with suicide statistics and nobody wants to hear that randomly on there. Maybe. I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of it, but I guarantee you this song saved some fucker's life. Probably. I mean, I guarantee you, some yeah. kid did not slit their wrist that night because they listened to Hold On instead. It's a little bit better than yeah. Limp Bizkit I was going to say, I will, I will definitely rank it above the other two that we've reviewed so far. Last song was Pearl Jam, which this was a demo song, an outtake from the 10 sessions that was on the Versus Deluxe Edition. I believe how it all that, worked that out. That sounds like the correct. Yeah, course. I know it was yeah. on that Deluxe Edition, but I did do a little more research. Like, okay, what's going on with the song? I mean... It, it's a Pearl Jam song. It wasn't too bad. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Pearl Jam during the grunge years because I was firmly in the Nirvana camp and Eddie Vedder could suck my dick. But then I grew up and I listened to Pearl Jam some more later. I like Pearl Jam. As far as I'm concerned, their shitty demo song wins this match. Yeah, play. no, I'm on the same boat. <laughs> if Tim wouldn't have had, and if Tim wouldn't have come in with that out of left field Pearl Jam, I. I don't know. If I didn't cheat, I would have picked Good Charlotte. But it's my fucking podcast, and I'll cheat if I like. Yeah, no, I I probably would have gone Good Charlotte. Maybe Good Charlotte, then Limp Biscuit, then Corn. But that's just because Corn did the I, I would, yeah, cheesy... I probably would have picked Limp Biscuit just because of the dumb balls thing yeah. with Corn. That and the corn. drums. The yeah. drums on Limp Biscuit. Man, that motherfucker can roll. Yeah, I mean, their drummer's always been... But for our purposes, you're all losers. Pearl Jam wins. Suck it. Goddamn right. Mosquito, you can't suck blood through hair. That's not how that works. They can try. All right, so like I said earlier, this week's album from The Cure is The Head on the Door. It was released in 95. The Head on the Door was The Cure's most commercially successful album to date, reaching number 7 on the UK album charts, number 25 in the US, and hit the top 20 in numerous countries. Simon Gallup returned to the lineup. He appeared on 17 Seconds, Faith in Pornography. Pearl Thompson joined the band after appearing on the Top Tour, and Boris Williams from the Thomas Twins was added after he had also played on the 1984 US tour. This is the first Cure album where Robert Smith is credited as the sole composer. Sputnik Music reported that Head on Door, Head on the Door, was simply one of the best albums the Gang of Goths ever did, and the record moves from strength to strength. Pop Matters said that in the 80s, alternative music looked like Robert Smith, and that the Head on the Door's music caught up to its image. Pitchfork stated it's a tight, terrific package. 
It was named Album of the Year for 1985 by Melody Maker. Solid so far. Yeah. That was all pre-research. This is before I listened to the album. So, setting it up for what is hopefully a good album. So, let's go to first song, <clears throat> In Between Days. It didn't feel right for, like, The Cure. But... It's, again, because they kind of changed the tone for this album. I don't do any of the pre-research. I just go based on what I hear, and it's, right. it's de- it was definitely more the upbeat. But your exposure to The Cure has mostly been through listening to them on this podcast. Right. See, I went the other way. I think for people <laughs> that mostly know them for, like, Love Song or Friday, mm-hmm. in the Lo- Friday I'm in Love, this was- and you're going retrospectively, which is pretty much where I'm at. Right. Because I knew a little bit about The Cure before listening to this. I think it's a good starter because it sounds like the mm-hmm. cure to me, or at least the cure I knew growing right. up, not in comparison to the cure I know now from going back in the discography. Yeah, whereas I'm I'm literally the listen to it sequentially and give thoughts from give there. thoughts from there. So yeah, no, it it doesn't sound at all like something that I would see as the cure, but but it's based entirely on your experience thus my, far yeah, with this podcast, the past three yeah. or four albums we've listened to. That's interesting because to me, I thought this song set the bar too high. For this album, I hadn't listened to the rest of the songs yet. You got bouncy guitars and bass, got Robert Smith's distinctive vocals. It's peppy, it's energetic. This will make my permanent collection. This will be on my USB drive in my car. The historic, the uh, legendary USB drive in my car. <laughs> I will say though that, like, for me, this song did end oddly quickly. It was pretty short, but I did put down here that it is a stark difference between the early albums and mm-hmm. what I think they came to be known for, which, yeah, is short and sweet. Which mm-hmm. I'm always a fan of. Up next was Kyoto Song. Uh, on this one, I didn't really think there was much here. Uh, more quote-unquote gothy than the first song, but just not really moving in any way, and it has to have the most boring bass line ever yeah. in a Cure song. The lyrics are definitely more of that gothy tone, but as far as like mixing it with the, I want to say like pseudo-Japanese weird background instrumental. Right, yeah. No, I see what you're saying, which probably explains why they called it Kyoto song. Yeah. Notice that second time I say Kyoto? Kyoto! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tim is not racist, I don't think. I am not, nor do I watch anime, <laughs> so I don't know why I pronounced it that way. He hangs out with me too much. But yeah, it was just, eh, it's just kind of there. No, it really and, was. And I mean, I, I specifically noted that like the instrumentals feel right with the way the lyrics and vocals are delivered. Like, Next up was The Blood. I thought this one had kind of a Latin feel at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That that guitar riff intro, <laughs> yeah. something going on there. But then, uh, you know, I think somewhere within there, it almost felt a little Middle Eastern too. So I just, who knows? It does pull back this album from Kyoto Song. I maybe that's why they put Kyoto Song. They're like, well, this is the weekend one. Let's put it at second because we can't put it at first. But let's get it out of the way. Yeah. Maybe. And I did say that it definitely, like, it brings it back, like, back to what this album seems to be, like, just from the first song. This, first couple songs. Yeah. And also, aren't we all paralyzed by the blood of Christ? Always. We're so Christianized in this country that that shit has fucked us all up. <laughs> God. Oh, man. And also, according to the ad afterward, Fire TV is the bomb if you want to force your kids to watch 1980s movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do think the Paralyzed by the Blood of Christ line it started to grate on me a little bit but hey it, it's a decent song but it's just yeah. like okay it's a pretty you, good you line you repeating but, it yeah. all the time yeah. like, you're clever but let's not beat it into the ground okay. and now you're beating a dead horse so that's fun <laughs> Six Different Ways is up next a lot of experimentation with this one yeah 
but not noisy in the sense like a Sonic Youth song. No, but, I don't know. So, again, we come back to I listen more at lyrics and vocals than Tim does. Like, the lyrics make it... Get out of my ear, B. Uh, make it very... Sorry, the lyrics make it very, like, love songy. Yeah. Kind of. But then it kind of changes script towards, I guess, what I would call, like, the second... Second... Like, after, right after the second refrain. Right. It's like the second cor- third chorus, I guess, would be what that would be. And I, I don't concentrate on lyrics, but I think I get what you're getting at, because I had put down here, like, it's... This song's very uplifting. hmm Which, up to this point, is an odd thing to say about The Cure. Yeah. I mean, they've had those moments... Of uplifting songs up to this point, but, they always but seem to be they're like, buried in like total depression. Yeah, like it's just like oh, like here's one a, uplifting like sound in the middle of depressive yeah. music. In and between three hours of music, we had one uplifting pop song. Robert Smith is excellent at his craft. Mm-hmm. I put that down at this point too. I mean, he knows how to write quality pop songs. Yeah. After that was push the guitar and drum lead in. Tells you you're in for something good. The only thing I would change, I would have, I don't want to say mixed it louder, but added a little more oomph. Yeah. It could have been a really good wall of sound song, which I know it's impossible to describe what I mean by that, but just where just layers of guitar and drums just pounding away at you. I mean, this song makes you feel like you want to tackle the whole world. So another one that will most likely get added to the permanent collection. And... Without prior knowledge, I labeled, I actually wrote in my notes, this has got to be either the beginning of side B or the end of what would be called side A. And I went back and looked. Did you? Yeah. Which one? It is the end of side A. Oh, man, that's a good side ender. Yeah. A real good side ender. Yeah, no, it was like, it felt weird as the beginning of a B. Right. But it fit as that side ender. Like, oh, man, yeah, you're not even going to wait to flip sides. You're no. all over it to get it. Yeah, that is, that is literally the, I want B. Like, yeah, you know that. Also, another Fire TV update. It's also <laughs> great for soccer fans, as it's hard to be a soccer fan in America. You got the weirdest YouTube like ads. <laughs> Mine was all about Applebee's. <laughs> oh, yeah, I prefer the Fire TV ads. Now we have Baby Screams, or The Baby the Screams. Baby to screams. Be, yeah, I gotta make sure this we're not in an Ohio State situation. Don't want to mm-hmm. make anybody angry. This is another one that, hey, I feel like it could have been mixed so there was more power coming through. Like, it feels like a powerful song that's restrained in the actual editing. This bass line makes up for the shitty bass line in Kyoto song. It's really great, really powerful. I would have liked more... Cacophony, more noise. Cacophony. Cacophony. Look at me. Drunk as hell, I can write cacophony. Sober, I can't say it. That's awesome. And I don't know why I keep going back to Sonic Youth with this album, but it honestly, there's some. I think there's some comparison markers between the two. And like 1985 probably would have been, oh man. Is that the beginning? It probably, no, it wouldn't have been the beginning, but it probably would have been whatever album Schizophrenia was on. Now I'm drawing a blank as to the album title, but I think those, it would have been year-wise, probably would have matched up, I think. That, that sounds right, because I think, like, right after I finished this album, my YouTube auto-plays, and I want to say it either auto-played a Sonic Youth song in general, or, the, or it straight-up played Schizophrenia. Uh, Sister. Sister might be the title of that album. And I'm thinking it was 1985, it was at least 1984, so maybe it's something about just the recording in that area, but I don't feel that way about that sister album. I feel like you do get that, so mm-hmm. I kind of wish they had upped the noise factor in this song. 
I do too, because I feel like it would have emphasized the... I, I labeled this as kind of one of the darker songs that was slightly more reminiscent of previous albums without being that... Yep, no, I agree ...super with you. goth sound. Yeah, no, I totally but, agree. But I think if they would have upped that factor, it would have definitely been more reminiscent of the older album sound. Absolutely. But again, good start to side B. <laughs> yeah, now that you have to back in, no shit, man. Like, Up next is a fucking cure classic close to me that bass line the organ if you don't love close to me then you are dead inside and i feel bad for you well in that case tim i think i'm dead inside no (laughs) i honestly i mean again i was pretty drunk but i was so happy when this song came on because i didn't realize i was in for it which i should have been given away because they use the term head on the door in the song and I've listened to this song for years, but again, don't pay attention to lyrics, so I didn't put two and two together. I mean, they got the flute part. It's This is Dude, Pinnacle is, Cure. No, it, it is a, like, as I put it, it almost tells a story of, like, the mixture of the vocals and the instrumentals. Like, where the instrumentals come in and the vocals, like, take point. I mean, songs, songs like Close to Me are what inspired me to do this Cure podcast. Yeah. Like, you know, why haven't I listened to more Cure throughout my life? Why have I only limited myself to songs like Close to Me? So. Right. Can't complain with that one. A night like this. Very foreboding intro. Yeah, no, it still had that dark, like, it, it went back to that darker tone. But still another really great but, pop yeah. song. They, yeah, that's what I kind of have. I mean, they maintain that sort of goth feel that we've heard up to this point, but this time but it they definitely doesn't feel as depressing. Yeah, it's, I guess, to coin a t- pop goth? Like, <laughs> pop is that goth. a thing? It like, probably is. I mean, like, goth, but it is. goth it pop, is. Yeah. reverse it, something like that. Gothic pop. Who fucking knows? Yeah, it probably but it is. it is very much that, like, it has a super dark sound, but poppy vocals and yeah, like I say, upbeat. Like, it still is dark, but just yeah. not depressingly dark. Yeah, dark tone without depression. And like, I wrote down again, man, I'm just really impressed with how talented this motherfucker is when it comes to writing songs. Robert Smith's killing it on this album. Yeah. I, I couldn't identify in this song, and I listened to this song a couple of times, whether there was a background singer at parts, or if they just kind of echoed his vocals, because right. it was always the same like line, if they just echoed it and changed maybe the pitch I think or the maybe, tone. Yeah, I think maybe pitch or tone. I'd have to check the credits, but I think it's all him, man. Yeah, because it, it definitely sounds the same, but either slightly higher... Pitch or tone to right. the sound. I'm sure he could do that as he's what he's probably played like at least seven, eight different oh yeah instruments on this album. Like the man knows what he's doing. Yeah. Screws up next, and this one was the what I felt like was the second clunker. Uh, yeah. The bass line. I know I keep coming back to bass lines, but I've had, I played bass in the past. This one is such a bad bass line. I really fucking hated it. Like this is something I would have played sar- sarcastically when I was playing with other people, just so they'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, why are you fucking around? And the mix was too 80s for me. It was more, uh, God, like, I don't want to say new wavy 80s, but it just has yeah. a, like, kind of overly clean feel to it. Yeah, I could see that. It's it's literally the shortest notes that I took, because, like, I couldn't find places to, the, to take note other than, like, it doesn't feel right for the album. <laughs> yeah, no, I wrote, I wrote down, Damn You Screw and Kyoto Song. You're ruining a great album. Yeah. And that's weird, because, like, I actually enjoy Kyoto Song. I would, I would listen to Kyoto Song over Screw. Yep, I would agree just because I hate that bass line so much. Yeah. And then I wrote this down, and even when I was drunk, because I got not sure if I'm right about this, but the last song is Sinking, and I wrote, finally, the combo breaker, not named after the album. 
Yeah. Is it? Okay, because I was like, not. I no, couldn't remember is. last time. like, well, fuck, I, actually, I might be I, wrong. I mean, it'll come up later, but yeah. Until they got to the keyboard part, I was kind of in my head thinking, man, they should have stopped at night like this. Uh, but, you know, real mellow bass and piano-driven song. Almost movie soundtrack-like. Yep. Like, I could see that being thrown into modern movies and like you're making some bucks off that. Yeah. It definitely delivers on that. I mean, this is going to sound really corny, but it delivers on the sinking feeling. Like, right. from the beginning, you kind of feel the emotion of, of sinking and dropping. and Yeah. <laughs> and I felt like it's a real mellow way to end the album. It's kind of funny because I never do the lyric part. I never pay that yeah. much attention. But in this song, he mentions slowing down as the year goes by. These motherfuckers are currently on tour. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, man, you haven't even got close to slow down slowed yet. Down, like, it's 1985. <laughs> You're going to be around for 14 more years. At least. So, overall, man, I really like this album. Yeah. Uh, I, before doing a podcast, I would never have described this band as uplifting, but I felt like that's what this song Dude, was. This, this right? album, in general, is just, it's uplifting. It's good. Yeah, like, poppy, upbeat. I, like I said, I kind of said it a couple times, but there was parts I wish had been not necessarily mixed louder, but just a little more power to it, a little more oomph. You know, even with all the positive reviews that I had seen when researching the album, I still didn't get my hopes up too high, and, you know, it, it's fucking great album. Yeah. So, you know, scratch out Kyoto and screw. Uh, this whole album could probably make it as a great album without... I mean, it's getting my high score yet. Four out of five stars. Yeah. I mean, if it hadn't been for Kyoto and screw, fuck, I might have been tempted to give it five. Yeah. No, it's it's a good solid four. Like, I mean, I think up to this point, we've been kind of like, well, you know, go back and listen to this song from so-and-so album. Or go listen yeah, to these two or three. Yeah, we always seem to like, pick and choose. But in this case, like... Even with those clunkers. Take out two listen to the whole album uh, yeah like, don't even take them out just listen to those two so they they're so bad that they'll remind you why the rest of the album is so great yeah and even like again back to kyoto's song it, it's not i think if the baseline was better it would be great yeah it's not so terrible that i hate it the screw i hate screw i can't i, I, I don't know if i could go back and listen to it i hate than, screw more but than the, like i said like, three or four times i have listen to it just so you don't your mind doesn't get blown from the greatness yeah. <laughs> let your brain it reset. Yeah, maybe it's the reset song. I don't know. Let but, your brain reset to like, oh, okay, yeah, this this is just a human band. These, yep. these guys aren't immortals that are just blowing our minds. Well, Matt, I guess all we got left to discuss now is what's our match play for next week? Or what's our match play for next episode? <laughs> I was just looking through, and I'll give you two that I was thinking, and I'll let you pick. All right, sounds fair. Something an Angel. What's the bands? Sarah McLaughlin, Belly, Shaggy. Oh, man, I hate to do Belly just because we've already done a yeah, whole fucking yeah. podcast, but what's the other choice? Scared. What's the bands? Melvin's, Three Days Grace, Russ, and Mothica. So another, damn. I, you know what, I'm going to go with the Fatal 4-Way just because two of those bands I don't know. Okay. So Rust it is. Ah, scared. Oh, scared. But Rust is one of the bands. Rust, right? Rust, yeah. Are you up Rust. All right. Well, Matt, you got anything else? No. All right. Let's go disc. Follow us on Twitter at Frisky Discs. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts.